What is happening? MJ Lennon here. Welcome to the Fitness Business Life podcast. And as usual, I am here with my co-host, Steve O'Clock. Steve O, say hello, bro. Hello, brother. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening, guys? I hope you're doing really well. Oh, God. So listen, we actually, we, we videoed this yesterday. We done this yesterday, but we weren't happy with it. And that is not how we do things around here. So we decided that we would just do it again. Yeah. So we've got a bit more structure. We've got a bit more structure. <laughs> and like I say, you know, it's just not how we do things around here. It's not in our culture, yeah. which is exactly what we are going to talk about today and why that is important. So, Steve, what the fuck is a culture, dude? Well, the definition of culture, after I googled it last night, <laughs> right, is okay. ideas, customs, and behaviors of a particular people or society. Now, that is kind of difficult to kind of pinpoint in one way. Uh, so what we've done is we've actually come up with a list of things. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to take them one by one. We're going to talk through them and explain why it is important, or at least why you should be thinking about including these types of things into your business, into your life. Into your family. Ah, absolutely. So um, we'll rattle through the, the headings first of all, and then we'll go into depth with them. Yeah, dude, let's do it. Let's fucking do it. Because this is something that we have been, you know, looking deeply into for the last, what, I don't know, for the last year maybe? Well, well realistically, in the last half a year, yeah. we, we, we've kind of been doing these things behind the scenes without really realizing it. And they've really been brought to our attention recently, uh, like I said, within the last half a year, a year or so. But it's really good to know that things were already happening that way. Yeah. But now we know the details and why things work the way they work. We can kind of pay more attention to them and get the most out of them. Of course. Of course, dude. And that's essentially what this is for, for the listener as well. Yeah. So we have six headings that this uh, idea of culture kind of falls under mm -hmm. um, that we think are very important. The first one is a feeling of belonging. The second one is a bond. The third one is an ethos. The fourth one is an environment. The fifth one is an identity. And the sixth one is an experience. What we're going to do is we're going to get stuck in and we're going to take them one by one and explain what we mean by those headings and why they're so important to have. Okay, cool. So we're going to start with a feeling. Yeah. Um, so, you know, define what that is. Like, how, how do people know... And when they, when you're in the midst of a culture, like how do they get that feeling? You know, how does that come about? Like, what is that? The the best way that I can describe it is being a part of something that is bigger than just yourself. You know, you're you're there in a community, you're there in a group of people, and you're all working towards a common goal. You're all moving forward towards this end result. Mm -hmm. You know, something that is more than just you. And the main point of that is the word together. Um, you know, that feeling of belonging doesn't happen whenever you're sitting on your own. Mm -hmm. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So it's the difference between it. We're going to talk about this in terms of the, the fitness industry. Yeah. I would say more because so. It's what, it's what we know, essentially. Yeah. And these are the things that we have seen that work. Um, and these are the things that we implement. So if we talk about the feeling of togetherness and the feeling of belonging, then it's the difference between someone going to a gym where they are, you know, 
a, a membership number where they have a key code and type it in and then they just walk in. And the difference between being welcomed at the door by the coach shouting your name from the other end of the gym and saying, well, how's it going there, David? Or how's it going there, Susan? Yeah. You know, that is the feeling of belonging as soon as that person steps through the door. Mm-hmm. And like you said, um, we recorded this yesterday and one of the points that you made, I'm going to reiterate it. Culture is not about making memberships. It's about creating relationships. Yeah. And that's why that is so important to have. Yeah. Yeah. Even, you know, even fitness industry aside, like if you look at any other great company, people feel like you say, a part of something. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I would say, you know, that that's one of the great things about what we do. Like there is no, okay, we have a rota, but there's no real set time is, okay, you work here at this time and you work here at this time. Like I've seen, you know, us as a team work till the early hours if shit needs to get done. Mm -hmm. And it's like, because we're all driven towards a common goal. Yeah, because we know that doing that hard work is going to make tomorrow better. Yeah, yeah, essentially, essentially. And that's just part of our culture. Yeah. So the next thing we're going to talk about is a bond. Well, that was the second thing, yeah. Yeah, so a bond. uh, I kind of said that everyone's working towards uh, a common goal. So Mm -hmm. the feeling of belonging is more so in terms of that togetherness but the bond is that common goal yeah. part of that part of that uh, idea so again we're talking about health and fitness if we relate it to the gym we see on a daily basis people coming in and out of our doors that are finding themselves going through similar struggles similar challenges and they form these connections within that community based off those struggles and based off those challenges mm-hmm. So whether it's, you know, overcoming uh, plateaus and weight loss, yeah. whether it's even if you're just talking about the day-to-day workout, you know, at the end of the workout, there's people sitting on the floor in a puddle of sweat yeah. and they're going, holy shit, that was tough. But they've got a smile on their face and they're high-fiving each other. And it's that almost like camaraderie that they've yeah. just went through some serious shit and it's brought them closer together. Do you know... This is this is pretty cool. Okay, so this is um, staying on uh, you know the topic of creating a bond, mm-hmm. but how that bond can overcome great challenges. Now, on the topic of culture, if we think about some great cultures out there, you know, two in particular: one, the Navy SEALs, mm-hmm. and two, hip hop culture. Yeah. So, and you know, you say overcoming challenges, right? So if you think about hip hop culture and what that had to overcome in order to become the force that it is today, like, you know, poverty, racism, mass media, like what hip hop dealt with in the early days uh, was unreal, but they were able to overcome those challenges because of, because they had a great culture, you know, both East and West Coast of America united and just created this unbelievable thing that it is today yeah. and then if we think about the the u.s navy seals and the type of culture that they have which is probably again one of the greatest cultures in the world and the reason that they have created such a culture is because they have come through so much struggle yeah. together like the this the type bond that happens between their soldiers is like inexplainable mm-hmm. and like there's a there's a thing there's a book called the Culture Code by Daniel Coyle and he tells a a story in it about the U.S. Navy SEALs and they had the best disciplinary record in I would argue the world mm-hmm. when it comes to any you know any 
forces, any army forces or whatever. And there's also a unit in America that have the worst disciplinary record in the world. Mm-hmm. Right? And so there's Daniel Coyle. Check it out. It's an amazing story. And this unit were set up during the Cold War. And basically what they were responsible for doing was looking after the nuclear warheads that were about to fucking trash the world. Right? And setting them off. Like they were they were responsible. They held the keys for these nuclear warheads. And they're still a, a legit like force today, mm-hmm. these people. But they have the worst disciplinary record in the whole of the United States Army. Right. And people sat down and they were thinking, like, what what is it here? Like what you know, why? Why do these people have such a bad disciplinary record? And the thing is that they were never called into action. There's only ever one or two people like working at a time. So there's no bond yeah. between these people and there's never been a struggle. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly why they have the worst disciplinary record. It's because of the bond, that, or should I say the lack of. And then you have the U.S. Navy SEALs and their culture and the bond that they have created. So, again, if we look at, you know, those two examples of what a culture should be. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely perfect. Like, yeah, you know which one you would rather be a part of. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Any day. Like, I would, I would take the struggle over the sitting there doing the monotonous. Absolutely. All day long. Absolutely. Um, so... The, the next one then we're going to go on to is ethos. And I think this is probably, as someone who is going to lead yeah. uh, or be ahead of or someone that, is, that you're expecting people to follow, uh-huh. uh, this is probably one of the most important elements and it's the ethos. Yeah, for sure. So culture as an ethos, the idea behind it being that these are essentially your rules. So in culture, it doesn't have to just be business or it doesn't have to be in your family and stuff like we... We were talking about this yesterday where religion is actually a culture, you know. Cult. Yeah. <laughs> we'll not get too much into that that part of things. But uh, yeah, essentially they, they have a leader. They have a set of rules. And, you know, if we're talking about Christianity, we have the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. These are the things that you need to do to be a part of this culture. These are the things that you need to do to get to this greater place that we talked about in the previous points. You know, essentially heaven. Yeah. If you don't follow these rules, then you're not a part of our culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, there's somewhere else for you to go and Christianity's hell or whatever. And in our case, it's just to another gym. You know, yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not the eternal uh, Get the fuck out of here. That's not how we do shit here. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like once you set those rules, you know, you're able to say things like that then. You know, this isn't how we do things. Or on the other side, this is how we do things. And with that comes, you know, structure. Because if you don't set those rules, then you're allowing space for somebody else to come in and do that. And yeah. if if that's the case, then the culture that you want to create may not be the culture that you have at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. So you've yeah, got to take sure. control of that. I suppose any, for anyone listening here, you know, it it, it doesn't happen overnight. No. Um, like it takes consistency, it takes repetition, it takes a lot of fucking hard conversations to get you to the point where you want to be. Mm-hmm internally and within a group yeah absolutely because you know for the sake of the culture are you really going to let one bad thing going on affect the rest of you know the community yeah do you know i mean if there's if there's something that isn't sitting right or you're allowing something to continue happening that you know goes against your culture goes goes against your ethos Ethos. yeah then you know it's going to bring it down from the inside Uh and it's it's not going to last um, and on on that kind of note as well, um, if that person is you, 
and you're not walking your walk and you're not living by the rules that you have set out for these other people yeah. to live by, you're going to be seen as a hypocrite. And sooner or later, you know, people are going to take notice of that and they're going to start dismissing your rules and it's going to be all chaos, mm-hmm. you know, because, yeah. because yeah. no one's going to have respect if you don't have respect. Yeah. Um, I love that saying, if you see something off culture and you don't do something about it, you've set a new culture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you're you're setting the standard essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we are going to talk about environment mm-hmm. next, and th- this is a massive one for me. This is a massive one for me. And if you go back and listen to the previous podcast where we speak about discipline, and you know, just on just on, I suppose our environment and a lot of the things that we do as a team. You know, it is based around discipline. It is based around being on on time. I was about to say high time. <laughs> it's just <laughs> routine. It's based on being on high uh, on high time, which is fucking ten minutes early. And if you're on time, you're late. Yeah. If you're late, you're fucking dog shit, basically. Um, and you know, it's that type of environment where it's based on you know personal development. It's based on education. It's very much based on growth. Yeah. And if there's a time when someone comes into our environment and that's not what they're about, they don't sit well with our ethos, mm-hmm. and then it, it kind of it becomes a bad. It, it's a, not bad. It just becomes. It doesn't flow very well. You find that if that kind of a person has come into that environment, it's not a case of us having to approach them and say, you know, this isn't working or this isn't it. You actually find that sometimes it just works itself out where they yeah. kind of go. Uh, this isn't the environment for me and yeah. it doesn't work for them but you know that's that's just because we have those rules set there like you know this is how we do things and you know if someone comes in to try and change that nine times out of ten it doesn't work out that way nah, you nah know what I mean? it's never it's never gonna work i actually remember one case in particular uh at elite there was a guy came in and he was a straight out racist like yeah yeah um and he said something to me one day and i just kind of gave him the death star oh, wow. and he was just like he knew there and then, he was like, this isn't going to fly, called him in, and was like, dude, listen, it's not how we do things here, there's your bags, see you later on, mate. Yeah, adios amigo. Adios. So, one of, one of the things that we want to talk about is the the, the All Blacks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. their environment. Amazing. Um, how do they set things up to create the culture that they have? Because they're one of the best sporting teams out there. Yeah, I mean, they have probably one of the best international records, if not the best international record of any sporting team in history. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I love about the All Blacks is just their zero tolerance of bullshit. Like, yeah. one of their core values is no dickheads. Love. Fuck, I just love that. And it's just like, you know, it, it is what it says in the tennis sense. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, if someone comes into the All Blacks, and this is the great thing that I love about them as well, and this is a part of what what could be called their culture. If someone comes in and they are a prima donna, um, which could be which could easily happen because let's you know, let's face it, these people, these men are godlike in New Zealand and they're revered all over the country. And it could be very easy for them to get ahead of themselves. And if they come into the team and they do anything that the team feels is, you know, causing friction or causing something that's gonna you know, bring their culture into disrepute. Yeah. That person gets brought in, not in front of the not in front of the managers, not in front of the board. He gets brought in in front of the rest of the team and he has to explain himself to the rest 
of the team, which I think is fucking absolutely amazing. It really is. And it's just that type of environment, like you say, you know, uh, sweep the sheds is another one of their core values where the players have to clean up their shit after them. Like, they don't even let the cleaners... And they could win the World Cup Mm -hmm. and... On that night, every single player has to clean up his shit after yeah. him. And again, that's just part of their culture of discipline and the environment that that team have created. And look at the results from it. Yeah, absolutely. And it shows. Um, so we've covered you know, uh, a bit about what culture is. We've covered a feeling, a bond, an ethos, an environment. So the next one we spoke about was an identity, mm-hmm. right? Um, and again, we're going to relate this back to the gym a wee bit, but give a, give us another couple of examples of what uh, a cultural identity might be. So, what the listener may not know is that you're a very, very keen Justin Bieber fan. Lenny is a believer, okay? And if you like Star Trek, you are considered a Trekkie. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what we want to find out are, you know, who are your Trekkies? Who, who are your fans? Who are the people within your culture? Mm-hmm. And like those two examples, the Believers and the Trekkies, have they got an identity? Do they have a name? Yeah. You know, because we said high time yeah. uh, a minute ago and, you know, we should talk about that. We have our own language within the gym, you know, so... <laughs> it's funny too, because like we didn't even fucking create this shit. Like, it, was, it was the actual, it was our customers that created it. Like it wasn't even fucking us. But again, that shows the type of culture that we have, that yeah. the... The, the clients feel able to go, you know, we're, we're contributing, we're a part of this big thing and we're all doing it together. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, like, we have, it's nothing savvy, it's basically putting the letter H and Y in front of most words. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, we have High Fam, which is the High Family. Yeah. Uh, we have High Time, like we've already talked about, which, which is 10 minutes early. It's kind of the, what do you call them, Lombardi. Uh, Lombardi time was like 15 minutes early, yeah, yeah, means right. that you're on time. If uh, you're, if you're on time, you're, you're late. late. And if you're late, don't even fucking bother. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Get out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's about having that language and you know having that name. So we have the High Fam and we have you know hoodies with the, the Herbert Fitness logo on it with the elite guys. They have those rucksacks and the t-shirts and yeah, everything. Like literally, you would not believe the craziness that goes on to get. Uh, an elite t-shirt like, yeah. it is fucking absolutely nuts from the day people come in they're like right when, when did I get my t-shirt I'm like whoa 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 you gotta earn that shit yeah you gotta earn your t-shirt you gotta earn your t-shirt yeah yeah so those things together <laughs> like having the language and having like this name for the people that are in your culture mm-hmm. is something that you know it's gonna be long lasting it's gonna be something that people are invested in and will continue to be invested in for a long time because again if we relate this back to religion religion have their own language they've yeah. got you know Christianity again it's the only one that I'm familiar with mm-hmm. um, they've got a man they've got sacraments they've got communion confession yeah, all these yeah. kinds of words that are just for that community and just for that culture and people subscribe to it, you know, the, these are the things that I say, and at uh-huh. the end of this prayer I say amen, at the end of this workout we Supposed clap. A prayer, and the, a prayer is a, a language and stuff as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Body language as well, like you just say, you know, we, we have a belonging queue, which is just a simple clap. Yeah. Like, um, people at the end of every workout, every single person there gets a high five. Yeah. And... Not only is it from the coaches, our customers, and I do it amongst themselves. So if there was, if it wasn't even coach led, it would still happen. Yeah, it's like a ritual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it almost brings across this kind of—it's um, it's a sense of pride. 
yeah. you know it's 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 being it's proud of belonging it, yeah it's it kind of all ties in together in a nice wee bundle and at the end of it you know it's it's basically your culture flying your flag they're they're so proud of the culture that they are a part of and and they want to show off that they are a part of the high fam or yeah. whatever it's almost like it's almost like a like a football team as well yeah you know like people and this is the thing like uh if you know the listener isn't convinced um about culture after listening to this like go and look at the evidence there's a reason why home teams have an advantage mm-hmm. there's a reason why there's a home advantage like it's still the same game but the home advantage is the culture and essentially and they call the sick man yeah, right? yeah. Right? So having the audience behind you, it, like it's having th- those people behind you. It's having that culture behind you, and it's like, it's something greater than you can even put into words. I know. So, I think uh, the last one that we were going to kind of talk about was experience. Yeah. Um. So if if like you said, if you haven't kind of if the yeah. penny hasn't dropped by now, is why you should have a good culture going yeah. on in your life then this story yeah. is going to... Not even a good culture. I would say a fucking great culture. Yeah. And, like, one, one of my heroes in business is a guy called Tony Shea for, for a number of reasons. But Tony Shea founded a company called Zappos in America. And Zappos are known for their culture, right? And I love this story about what they do because it kind of defines what it is that they do. Now... I suppose what you could say is they're quite similar to Amazon mm-hmm. and Amazon bought Zappos over. So they bought over the company and a lot of people thought that whenever Amazon bought them over that Zappos would just then fall into the fall into the shadows and never be seen again. But it actually made the company bigger. You know the way like whenever you see a, a big uh, commercial company like a buy, buy over somewhere smaller and then the company just disappears yeah. well Zappos haven't they've done the opposite yeah. and they done a, a very similar thing to Amazon where they distribute shoes that's what they started off doing but uh, it started off distributing shoes and then it gradually just grew into something that was co- completely beyond anything Tony Shea could ever imagine because people then started to use Zappos for everything so they were placing shoes with them, placing orders for shoes, but then they started to order pizzas and they started to ring Zappos up and just ask them weird questions because they just wanted to speak to the people on the phones. Right, okay. Which which was... They like, just wanted that connection with the company. They just wanted the connection with the company. And Tony Shea has a thing where, you know the way in most companies they would be like, get the sale, get off the phone as quickly as you can, get on to the next sale. Mm-hmm. Tony Shea has a thing in his company um, and it costs a lot of money obviously to keep people on the phone for a certain amount of time but he rewards salespeople who stay on a call for two hours plus. Right. <laughs> Able to talk to a customer for two hours. For two hours, right. Wow. And these people are fucking trying to buy shoes. <laughs> right. But, the you know, getting back to the story, um, like I say, they distribute shoes and there was... One time a girl had ordered a pair, uh, sorry, eight pairs of shoes from Zappos. And it was a very peculiar order because it was eight pairs of Lacoste shoes um, and they were red. And what happened was the two pairs of the shoes showed up on the day that they were due to and the rest were late. 
So the girl emailed into Zappos. Now she wasn't complaining or anything, but she just wanted an, up, an update on where her shoes were at because it was very important to her, obviously. And one of the heads of department in Zappos got a hold of the email in like a spot check kind of thing. And she was like, oh, what's it? This, this seems strange. Mm-hmm. So she followed up and she contacted the girl um, and she just said, "I'm just hey, I'm just checking in on this here. Did the shoes arrive okay? Uh, and, and then the girl says, yes, we got the shoes the following day. And she says, look, I'm really sorry about that. Um, so she offered her 50% off the order, which was around about $900 uh, because of the, of the type of shoes that it was. So she gave her 50% off the order and the girl was happy enough with that. But then what happened was two of the pairs of shoes didn't quite fit and she was still in contact with the head of department. So the girl, what she done then was resent another two pairs of shoes. But during the back and forth, she actually asked why eight pairs of red shoes? Like this is a very peculiar order. We've never had anything like this before. And the girl explained that um, the reason that she had ordered eight pairs of red shoes was because they were all to be worn to a funeral. Her, it was actually her daughter's boyfriend's funeral. Right. And for the last few years, her daughter and her boyfriend had spent the most of their relationship in hospital, uh, terminally ill with cancer. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, the daughter's boyfriend always wore these type of red shoes. So when he died, um, some of the rest of the patients on the ward made an agreement to wear these type of red shoes to his funeral and that's essentially what the order was for and whenever the girl who was head of the department found out about this story she was completely blown away by it because she had just lost her father to cancer as well um so she then sent a big bunch of roses to the young girl who had cancer who had lost her boyfriend um and she reimbursed them i think with the whole fee for the shoes so zappos basically paid for everything paid for everything then, um, because she had kind of built up a relationship with this woman, a couple of days later, there there was another package arrived in the post for this woman, and it was an all-expenses-paid trip to Las Vegas to Zappos headquarters, where they flew the mother, the daughter, and some of her brothers and sisters out to Las Vegas, paid for everything, paid for their hotel, brought them to all these amazing places and apparently the office headquarters in Zappos are like unreal. It's just like a big playground, yeah. um, which is like an open attraction in Las Vegas as well. And they they brought them all around there. Tony Shea, the, the owner of Zappos, he was there to meet them. All of the employees showed up on that day. They had a big party at the headquarters and like these people were just like completely blown away mm-hmm. by what had just happened. They were like, this is like, completely unreal and the whole company just went above and beyond to create this amazing experience and then not only that whenever they flew the people back home some of the employees that organized this big event then flew to the hospital where um, the young girl was for you know the last couple of years and where her boyfriend was and they brought in more shoes for some of the patients went around and visited some of the patients and it was just like holy shit, like this started from a simple email going back and forth. And, you know, going back to an experience, like the reason why Zappos are such an amazing company, such an amazing culture, 
is because they create experiences for people exactly like that and yeah. that is what just fucking and that's why Tony Shea is my absolute hero like I don't think there's anybody can't be can't look at that and go holy shit you know if there was ever an example of why you should have a great culture that is exactly it like. yeah something to absolutely aspire to and like the impact that that would have had on both the family who were involved in it and also the guys who work for the company because let's not forget about the culture within those guys yeah you know they they organized the the meetup and they organized obviously the the party at the headquarters and stuff as well it ended up on national news as well that's crazy you know what i mean and again like you're saying it all started off from a few emails and basically it was that head of department just going above and beyond to create a relationship rather than just having someone being an order number yeah. You know, actually taking the time to, to go in and figure out what was going on in this case. Yeah, absolutely amazing, dude. That's class. Yeah. Um, you know, I suppose to, to finish off, um, we should ask the listener, what type of culture have you got going on? Is it one of vultures or <laughs> is it one of cultures? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, you know, is there people around you that um, aren't contributing to the type of culture that you want? Um, and if not, then maybe it's time that you actually do something about that shit. Yeah, take control of it. Take fucking control of it and it requires discipline. But if you want all that, then just go back and listen to a previous episode and make sure you share this shit with a friend. Take it easy, guys. Adios. Bye-bye.